Okay, hello. Welcome to episode 211 of Sack King's Therapy. Uh, with me today to record this podcast is Fong. Hello. Now, full disclosure, I was going to actually record something yesterday and post it like as a solo because Fong has just been really busy. But then I looked at my doc and, you know, taking a little behind the scenes, how these episodes are prepared is that we gather news throughout the week and just basically just start aggregating news, what's interesting. And then by the end of like, say, two or three days, we hopefully have a page full of notes that we can talk about. Well, guess what? I, I try to gather as much news as possible. There just wasn't anything. There just wasn't much. Uh, we I wanted to talk about the Chet injury. And like the Gilbert Arenas, like di kind of dissing Giannis, like that's where we were at. Like that's where I was at. I was just, I don't know if I can extend this to 30 minutes. Like, can I even extend it to 20 minutes? Okay, not going to bother doing an episode. Let's just wait till Fong is back. Then we can actually like discuss things. And then boom. Woj bomb, Donovan Mitchell to the Cleveland Cavaliers. So let's start there. So. Um, Donovan Mitchell uh, has been traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers to, um, for uh, Colin Sexton, Laurie Markkinen, Ochai Abaji, three unprotected first and two swaps. And yeah, Donovan Mitchell goes to the Cleveland Cavaliers. What were your thoughts when you heard the news, Vaughn? Uh, I was pretty surprised. I did, to be honest, for the most part, I didn't even know Cleveland had, was even having a say in uh, a trade talks with Utah. Yeah, I mean, like, these things usually don't come out until they happen. Like, there are conversations happening behind the scenes all the time. Uh, a, a lot of news, apparently, regarding um, Washington trying to get into the deal. But, like, what do they have to trade? I, I don't know. Unless you really like mm -hmm. Rui Hachimura and Denny Advia. Like, they don't have much. Um, so, yes. Uh, oh, yeah. Also in the deal, uh, Colin Sexton goes to um, or Colin Sexton gets a new contract extension four years, 72 million, all guaranteed, by the way. And I believe like just straight up 72 million. I don't know if there's incentives in there, but yes, he also gets a contract extension. So that saga is now over. But yes, um, overall thoughts on the trade, like what, like, do you think this is a good trade for both sides or bad trade? I would say it's a good trade. Like, you know, Donovan Mitchell, well, he gets out of Utah and Utah gets back, a, I would say, pretty good players and also uh, quite a few picks, too. So, in general, I mean, that's pretty much what I would see uh, Donovan Mitchell being worth uh, if a trade did go down this uh, offseason. Now, a, a buddy texted me when the news happened is like, wow, three unprotected firsts. And I responded to him, it, picks are the most overrated asset, I think, in the league. Because, like, like you make this trade, you get three unprotected firsts from Cleveland. As long as there are no major injuries, those picks are going to be shit. They're going to be in the low 20s somewhere because they're going to be a good regular season team more than likely. So it's like, yeah, they gave up three unprotected firsts, but overall, I don't really give a shit. <laughs> I really don't. Because they're not, they're not going to be good picks. And like, it's, just, you know, it's nice to say like, oh, you got three picks out of it. But if you just tell me like, oh, um, they got the 24th pick, they got the 27th pick, they got the 28th pick. That doesn't sound as good. So like, it ultimately doesn't really matter. Now, 
they they do kind of get some tanking players like Marketing and Sexton are good players, but they're not going to carry you to a lot of wins if you're Utah. Abaji is is a rookie, probably not going to be good his first year. So you know, great guys to you know lead the tank command um, for for Utah who are going to want to you know get a top three pick, get either uh, what's his face, uh, Scoot Henderson or Victor Wembanyama. Uh, like that, I mean, this is a great trade for this is a good trade for Utah. And then on the other side, I really like this trade for Cleveland. The more I think about it, what 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 about what do you think of this from Cleveland side? Well, I thought they pretty much had a pretty, I guess you could say, set team for the most part. They just needed like one or two more All Stars to you you know get that little like oomph into their. Uh, playoff runs uh for the foreseen future and i mean Donovan mitchell is really gonna be that guy and yeah like Gadarius garland is really good the first thing my first thought was that perimeter defense is going to be swiss cheese just because like donovan mitchell doesn't really play defense like they don't talk about it yet uh darius garland is a pretty terrible defender mm-hmm. so like that's two really small guys who don't play defense but then i thought like they have two of the best, they have the best rim protecting duel in the league in uh, Jared Allen and Evan Mobley. So like they can probably cover up those guys. Like I think it'll be fine. Now the issue I have is that third, the the three position. Like they don't really have a guy that can do you know do three and D in that position. Like they have Isaac Okoro, who's a really good defender, can't shoot worth a shit. Um, what what was the other guy? Uh, Karis LeVert, Karis LeVert, another guy that, let's be honest, doesn't really defend and honestly doesn't shoot the three, but is a bucket. And like you move him to the six man position, that's actually a really good position for him. But like he can't really fill that specific, you know, three spot, the guy who plays the three and D at the small forward spot. So that's going to be key for them. Are they going to be able to solve that issue? And like, you know, in, in a, in a perfect world, if Harrison Barnes won't sign a extension, I would I would talk to them and get and try and squeeze Isaac Okora out of them. Ooh, that's that's interesting. I mean, there is still time for the trades, uh, you know, to come down. And no, I wouldn't mind Isaac Okora to be honest. Now, Isaac Okoro is can't shoot worth a shit from what I've heard. Like that, that's a big issue. But you got another young guy who plays defense. Now, in the perfect world, you would find a way to keep both, to get both on uh on the Kings. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, that's gonna be kind of the key. Is Isaac Okoro gonna be able to shoot? Um, I don't think it's gonna be Chetty Osman. Chetty Osman is kind of a very mad player. Yeah. But like, you know, they still have Kevin Love, they still have Karis Levert, they have they have a decent amount of depth. Like they're good, they're in the upper tier, I think, of the Western Conference. And like, you know, like what's what's his name? Evan Mobley is gonna be a really good player. Jared Allen is already really good, a perfect role player. Darius Garland turned into a star last year. Donovan Mitchell is a definite star. Like they can make some noise in the playoffs. And I honestly love this trade for Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't I think you meant Eastern Conference. Uh oh East. Oh, did I say Western? My bad. Yeah. But that also guys, a question. Utah is going to be out of the playoff race as well in the West. <laughs> so, I mean, that's one less team to worry about now. So, 
Uh, let me think. I, I should have pulled up the teams in the West, but I mean, one less team in the West, you know, running for the playoffs means a little, like, slightly easier, easier chances for us to squeeze in. Look, the Kings just got to take care of business. Like, I, I'm like, sure, this year probably is one of the easier years, but every year they've had an opportunity to do something. Yet they always fuck it up. It's incredible how they do it, honestly. Like, then the, was it 20, like the year of the pandemic, the Warriors were like absolute garbage. Like, that was a spot that you could have taken. And like, honestly, they had a chance to, towards the end, but, you know, the pandemic happened and kind of screwed up their timeline a little bit. And then uh, the year, the year after that, during the pandemic year, like they were right there at the play in and they honestly should have made it. But like they just kind of ran out of gas at the end and people got injured. And then also like last year, they were just so ass like it was like, again, the opportunity was right there. There was no reason they couldn't catch up to the Spurs. I think they won 33 games or something like that. Like, I don't know how they did make it. So like every year there's an opportunity. And I don't like sure. It probably just got a lot, a little bit easier with Utah out. But there's gonna be some weird shit that happens, and the Kings need to be able to take advantage of that. Oh yeah, and we'll be there to see it too. So, I mean, let's hope that this, I guess, kind of curse, kind of is being left behind, and hopefully, we could foresee a better future. Uh, just really quickly. So apparently the Knicks, off, like at the beginning, of kind of c- c- like closer to the beginning of the offseason, offered uh, three unprotected firsts, uh, Obi Toppin, RJ Barrett, and Mitchell Robinson as part of the deal for uh, Donovan Mitchell. And Utah rejected that. And then after Utah rejected that, Mitchell Robinson signed the extension, which kind of took him out of the deal. And then later in the offseason, probably close, probably like just recently, they offered... They offered, I believe it was R.J. Barrett, Evan Fournier, like to Evan Fournier to a third team, I think, uh, specifically. But basically, there was going to be uh, t- two unprotected firsts, a lightly protected first, and then two swaps that were going to go to Utah and then like some expiring contracts that go to another team. And Utah sends them uh, Donovan Mitchell. Like, unfortunately, that deal didn't come through because New York did not want to include the third pick or did not want to unprotect the third pick. So that's kind of where the deal kind of fell apart. And then, yeah, Cleveland just kind of snuck up in there and offered them this package. And my question to you is, would you have taken the first package, which was uh, R.J. Barrett, uh, Obi Toppin, and Mitchell Robinson, and three unprotected firsts for Donovan Mitchell instead of what the Cavs just gave them? Hmm. In my opinion, probably not. Uh, I mean, it's kind of early to say, you know, for that um, first deal with uh, New York. Uh, second deal, I mean, that's a one pick short, I guess you could say. And uh, who knows how that pick's going to be compared to uh, Cleveland Cavaliers, but I'm going to assume it's going to be quote-unquote worth more <laughs> the New York pick than the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers pick um so I would say I kind of like the Cavs deal a lot more <laughs> in terms of uh youth and uh you know possibilities yeah I'm on the same boat with you one of the big hiccups was they would have had to pay RJ Barrett Utah I, I mean 
And Utah doesn't want to do that. And ultimately, they got Colin Sexton, a good player, on a much cheaper contract. And arguably, probably just as good as R.J. Barrett. Like, let's be honest. Like, Mm -hmm. R.J. Barrett's been – I like R.J. Barrett. I think he's going to be really good. But hasn't really shown that much in his, like, three years in the league. And, yeah, like, Colin Sexton, like, you kind of get a – you kind of – I mean, like, he's a guy that's probably just as effective in different ways. But, you know, just – like you get them a lot cheaper. So like ultimately all, I think it works out on all ends for this deal. The, for the what's it called? Donovan Mitchell to the, to the Cavaliers. Like, again, I love the trade for the Cavs. Uh, like, I like the trade for Utah. Like everyone wins, I think in, in this situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was wondering uh, why would the Knicks extend RJ Barrett and Mitchell Robinson themselves and, you know, just wait for the potential trade to go down first. And then, you know, they, I mean, Utah could uh, work around that instead. Well, there's some weirdness with how with how they did it. I think they did want it. They wanted to extend R.J. Barrett, but they just wanted to. They wanted Donovan Mitchell, too. And it was a weird crossroads with them. Like, they liked their players, but they were willing to kind of trade them away. And then when they fought. When they find out, like, a deal just wasn't going to get done, they just decided to extend those guys. Hmm, I see. Yeah, I thought it was pretty much a done deal after RJ got uh, pretty much extended at that point. Uh, I, I didn't even know Mitchell Robinson also got extended too. He got uh, extended way earlier in the offseason. Uh, I see. Do you know how much or remember? How uh, much? 60 for three years. Oh, really? Wow. Okay. Which I don't like that deal, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, wait, huh? Again, like they did that deal and signed Isaiah Hardenstein. Like, I don't get why. Just, just keep, just trade away Mitchell Robinson. Just keep Isaiah Hardenstein. Like, I don't know, but yeah, um, the Knicks are in a weird, precarious position where, like, honestly, I, I mean, I said on the last episode, I don't really get the Donovan Mitchell thing with them, other than the fact that Donovan Mitchell is from New York. Like, that's really the only reason why he's got kind of tied there. And I've heard that he does want to be there, but like, you just signed Jalen Brunson. Like, Jalen Brunson is a good player. Granted, doesn't really solve your main issues, but give honestly, getting Donovan Mitchell doesn't solve your issues either, unless you trade away Julius Randle. Mm, which I doubt Utah would want, to be honest. No, they didn't even want RJ Barrett. Why would they want Julius Randle? <laughs> and yeah, now they're just kind of, I don't know. Like, I, I don't like what, I, I get it. I get why they didn't want to give up uh, RJ Barrett. I kind of get why they would why they didn't want to give up Quentin Grimes. I actually really like Quentin Grimes. But like, yeah, they're kind of stuck in mediocrity right now. And the the word on the street is they're trying, there's you know, accumulating assets for that next next big star. And they missed out on Mitchell, sure, but like Mitchell wasn't really gonna fix everything for you. Granted, I don't know if the next guy's gonna fix everything, but you know, you can wait till the next offseason. Just hopefully have a decent season this year. Like convinced that the that your organization isn't an absolute tire fire and then you know come back the next season see see who's available like there's there's going to be somebody yeah eventually but <laughs> i don't know i don't think some for some reason i, I can't foresee uh it going the next way yeah it, it tends to not <laughs> like there's no reason <laughs> to ever kind of bet on the knicks it's just i mean like it's, it's just they're, they're not a good organization. And I'm, and I'm not saying like this is a bad thing they didn't get Donovan Mitchell. 
But at the same time, like they keep chasing stars and they always fall just a bit short. Yeah, I mean, when uh, Big Star actually does come to New York, well, I like to see that happen. <laughs> I don't want to see that happen because like during the, what was it, uh, during the KD year when he joined Brooklyn, I was a fan of the uh, like KD to the Knicks, to, you know, at, like he wanted to create his own legacy. What better legacy than the man that saved the Knicks? But yeah. then, but then they got Julius Randle, and granted, it took an extra year. These fuckers were the four seed, and they were, and like everyone agreed, yeah, they're around a first round team. They, if they get lucky, they're the second round team. You listen to Knicks fans; they thought they were a champion. They talked like they were a championship team, and it was so satisfying to see Trey Young punk their ass so badly. <laughs> And it kind of shut them down. It is a rabid fan base. And honestly, I love the Knicks fan base. But it's like, yeah, you guys deserve everything you get. <laughs> yeah, we'll see them suffer some more, I guess. Yeah, continue to suffer. I hope they never get good anymore. I don't want to hear Knicks fans talk about how good, like, you know, the Knicks are. Yeah, just con- just continue being Knicks fans, guys. Like, you guys are great. You know, it's, you guys truly are some of the best fans out there. But, you know, it comes with us. It comes with its uh, flaws, if you will. Yeah, I mean, it also same comes to like baseball and football and hockey too. For them, really. Yeah, East Coast people are just built different. Like the, the, the like Boston, New York, and Philly, like three of the most toxic cities in America, basically. Yeah, all in the East too. Yeah. No offense to them. Yeah, I don't know. I've never been there. I, I probably would love. Uh, I've never been to New York. I kind of want to go to New York just to see what it's like. But uh, uh, okay. So just a quick. I guess I, I just want to do this uh, little recap. So uh, we just talked about. So let's see. So um, yes, uh, Donovan Mitchell traded for basically three unprotected firsts and two pick swaps. I decided to look back at the Rudy Gobert trade. Rudy Gobert went for went for basically four first round picks, a pick swap and uh Walker Kessler. You know, you can kind of count that as a pick all on its own. So to look kind of compare a little bit, that's basically six first round, well, five first round picks and one pick swap. And Donovan Mitchell ended up going for basically four first round picks and two swaps. So I, I guess a fun little val- uh, like valuation of like just what everyone is on the market. I just thought it was interesting to look back. Hmm, interesting. I mean, in my opinion, I would, <laughs> in my opinion, I would worth Donovan Mitchell a lot more than Rudy in some ways, but I mean, they have their own benefits to their own game, I guess. Yeah, and like, so um, I was I was watching on, I was just reading through Twitter and like, and John Krasinski, the uh, beat writer for the Timberwolves and the beat, and a beat writer for the Celtics, uh, Jay King, he always throws some hot take out there. Like, looking back, should the, should the, like, imagine it's the same deal and the same players involved, like Patrick Beverly, Malik Beasley, those guys. Uh-huh. If you were the Wolves, would you have done this? Would you have done the same exact package that you traded for Rudy for Donovan Mitchell? Ooh. Oh, man. <laughs> Talking about Swiss cheese offense or defense, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I, I don't, I, I mean, 
I can't even see how that would fit. <laughs> you get a star. That's how it would fit. You yeah, get two, you, get, you get two unstoppable. You never play defense again. Yeah, so it, it'd be just Anthony Edwards, Donovan, then uh, my favorite player in the league, uh, Carl Anthony Towns, Cat, and then uh, who who was their shooting guard? I always uh, forget. His it name. was it was Malik Bees. Well, shoot, their shooting guard is and. Or no, D'Angelo Russell is the point well, guard. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Would he be the three? <laughs> well, he would probably be the one. I think Donovan would be the two, and then, and I guess it's the three. Mm, pretty small, I guess. Can't. I mean, yeah. Offensively, it could get going, but defensively, that has man. that that is like going to be the thirtieth defense. That's going to be the worst defensive starting lineup of all time. Yeah, <laughs> who is there for? I don't know. I really don't know. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah. <laughs> whoever is playing defense is they all rely on whoever that fourth guy is. So, so would you do it? To be honest, I'm more of a Donovan Mitchell fan than Rudy Gobert. Even though, like I said, they provide different types of games for their own respective like skill sets. But I'd rather pick Donovan over Rudy, in my opinion. I'm actually going to go the other way. Like, look, I'm in the same boat as you. I love Donovan. I don't like Rudy. But like that defense would be terrible. That has that is legitimately probably the worst defensive starting lineup of all time. Like, you, first of all, you have Carthy Towns protecting the rim, which means you don't have a rim protector. Like, mm-hmm. it, and then like the rest of them don't really play defense. Like, your best defender is Ant there, and Ant is inconsistent as far as I know. Like, D'Angelo Russell is a guy you hunt on defense. Donovan Mitchell is a guy you hunt on defense. Carthy Towns is a guy you hunt on defense, and it, it's gonna be ugly. Yeah, like I actually, I I would actually go with a Rudy Gobert trade for them because Rudy Gobert does plug up a lot of defensive holes, and mm-hmm. you know un- until the playoffs, generally a guy that can you, get you to fifty wins all by himself. Yeah, very understandably so, but yeah, I, I, <laughs> who needs defense, right? Yeah, who who needs it when uh, you have Donovan Mitchell in your team? So yeah, that was a fun little thought exercise. Uh, Rudy Gobert went for more. Think, think whatever you want uh, out of that. But, you know, both like here's the in- interesting thing. Like the Timberwolves like made a really had a really good year last year. And like they and they were in position to have a very good foundation to go for a big move. And they did. And Cavaliers in the same position. They they missed the play in. I mean, no, they missed the playoffs. They were in the play in. But like they had built up something that you know, a good foundation to build upon. And they decided to make a big move. And I, and you know, both these teams kind of just like went up, kind of just leaped up to kind of the upper tier of their respective conferences now. And like, it's going to be a, a very interesting year next year for both these teams. Yeah, that East, I would say East is pretty, pretty stacked <laughs> for this upcoming season. Uh, I don't know where the Wizards are going to be at, to be honest. Um, but I, I know for sure Cleveland's going to be up there. Yeah, and, like, Timberwolves are going to be really good. 
Like they're gonna probably get to 50 wins. There's I don't see them not unless unless this Rudy Gobert thing really goes sideways or you know, injury is probably the only way I think they they go like they don't win more than 50 games. Mm. Um so yeah, you just have two teams that basically just left to the upper tier. Like I don't think either one of them are title contenders per se, but like they're they're like they went from kind of like being you know maybe something to definitely something. Yeah, it'll be pretty fun teams now <laughs> to watch. Uh, not, for me, not so much the Wolves, but I think Cleveland is going to be a fun team to watch. Yeah, like again, like they have they like their issue was like they didn't have a lot enough shot creation when it mattered. Like Darius Garland was their only like creator, and it just wasn't enough. So now they have another creator. Now, granted, again, like, what to see what Isaac Okoro, like, whoever they plug in at that three position, like, is he going to be able to shoot? And is he going to be able to defend? If they can, if Isaac Okoro can shoot, that solves everything for them. But, like, they don't have that, they don't have that final guy to plug in just yet. But if they do, they're a very dangerous team because they they have offense in the two guards. They have two incredible defenders in Allen and Mobley. So, like, they just need one more glue guy to kind of put everything together. Hmm. You think it would be Harrison? <laughs> I don't, like, well, here's the thing. I don't, I would want a lot from them if they're going to try and trade for Harrison. Like, mm. I would at least like to start, like, say, I want Isaac Okoro and I want, uh, I want Chetty Osman at least to start. And I think Harrison's worth more, honestly. Yeah, and and if I were the Cavs, I to be honest, I I probably wouldn't do it to keep that. Uh, I guess somewhat death. I know Harrison Barnes is good, but uh, I guess it all comes down to what how many uh, players we get or the Kings do receive. I guess. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we didn't get a chance to talk about this on the last episode. Um, because we just kind of got sidetracked and I, we, I just forgot to talk about it. Uh, the Chet Holmgren uh, got it was injured at a pro-am game hosted by uh, Jamal Crawford in Seattle. And basically it's called a Liz Frank injury. It's a foot injury and he, he has surgery and he's going to be out for the rest of the season. Uh, very unfortunate. Uh, I would have, I really wanted to see Chet play, but it kind of like, it, it's just unfortunate. And my question for you is that, like, should players like after after this kind of like let's just, let's be honest, it was a freak accident. It, like, it wasn't anything intentional. It was just it just happened. It was just bad luck. Like, should players like be, I guess, discouraged from playing pro am games as much as they do, like after this kind of like I guess fiasco. I would want to say so but i mean you know power to the players they could do whatever but i mean knowing chet homegroom i mean i guess there was always the fear of uh some sort of injury for him because you know skinny frame very tall guy there's bound to be some sort of um injury prone type deal in the foreseeing future and sadly it just came <laughs> it came early before he could even play a single nba game and yeah i don't, I don't know how many games he's played uh during this offseason but it sounded like yeah he should have taken it a little more easy 
I don't know. I disagree with all of that just because, like, sure, the skinny frame and everything, but it's not like he got trucked by LeBron. He just took <laughs> a bad step. Yeah. Like, and yeah, sure, like he, his frame doesn't help that, but you know, it, it, it's going to happen. Like it, it happens is, is kind of like my stance on that. And like players are going to play games. Like remember, remember when Boogie got injured, like in the off season, like towards ACL in the off season, like right when the season start, this mm-hmm. kind of shit can happen in a lot of play up pickup games. Like it doesn't have to just be a pro-am game. Now, of course you can bring up like, it, there was some weird, like, um, I forgot what the word is, but basically the floor was a was a little too wet, and they actually had to close that game down, the Jamal oh. Crawford game. Uh-huh. But it did, but that didn't look like it affected Chet either. It just looked like he took a bad step. That literally is just it's just as complicated as that. That I think it had very little, like very little to do with his frame, and you know, very little to just do with anything other than just really bad luck. I don't agree. With, you know, a lot of people that are saying like, well, this is what we were scared about. He's skinny. He's going to mm-hmm. get injured. I, I I think that's unfair. Yeah, I could see that. It's just, uh, yeah, I mean, things do happen and it's really too bad that we won't be able to see him next season. And, you know, I mean, at least he's getting still getting out there, you know, uh, doing some drills and uh practicing a little oh i don't think i don't think he's gonna do any of that for a bit it's a foot injury it's a foot injury he's not gonna be moving all that much without you know putting pressure on that foot i mean yeah um but you know not not to be not to be a dick about it but like are the are is okc all that mad about it they were gonna tank granted they want they probably want chet to develop but like I don't think I don't think it's a wild prediction that if I say that Chet would have been sitting a lot of games, like anyways, uh-huh. anyway, just because they want to tank for you know his his Pokemon evolution, Victor Wimbanyama. So you know, it, I I don't think this really affects them all that much. Like so, but it does suck because like Chet can't play, and like he was good, he loses a year of development because of it. Yeah, I mean for the next season or ne- i guess next next season uh-huh. uh yeah hopefully he comes back out gets better and uh well I, I don't know how much you can improve by sitting out so long but hopefully he gets a little uh, stronger for us to uh, see him play yeah um, i mean like he's he's intriguing to me but again just very unfortunate that this happened but ultimately i think players are gonna play like mm-hmm. they're just, they're gonna play basketball and like these these things just happen sometimes and unfortunately it just happened to Chet who you know for better or for worse is kind of like you know fairly or unfairly kind of seen as very injury prone but yeah yeah sucks yeah. sucks for him. Now if we were the if the Kings were somehow the ones that drafted Chet would we be pretty upset at this point? Oh, I of course, but at the same time, I think we just say like he's trying to play like mm-hmm. think think about it this way do we want Sabonis out there playing for Lithuania right now mm-hmm. like he's out there playing it, it is what it is like it's, yeah injuries can happen you just hope for the best and just uh, you just gotta understand like players love ba- NBA players for the most part love basketball and will just play w- with or without cameras on and like these things just happen mm-hmm and you just oh, hope they yeah. don't. Oh yeah. Okay. 
Uh, so yeah, we're going to go into basically the topics that basically were not enough to fill yesterday's episode. Um, so I just thought this was interesting. I just want to hear your thoughts. So Gilbert Arenas, uh, was talking, I believe it on, on his own podcast. And he basically, this is his quote about Giannis. I forgot. I don't have the context around it, but basically he was just talking and this is his quote. And this is talking about Giannis. I, quote, I can look at his game and say he doesn't understand basketball yet. He plays the sport. He won a championship. Cool. But he doesn't understand how to be better, how to train his body. To be at the top, you have to train your body at least 38 minutes and above. And if you if you don't know the concept behind that, like, there's kind of a running joke, like, where Bud only plays him 36 minutes. Oh, <laughs> okay. E- even in the playoffs, like... Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, to continue the quote, LeBron played 37 minutes at 37. Allen Iverson was playing 43 minutes. Uh, Arenas said in his latest appearance on Series Series XM Radio. So there we go. That's that's where the quote came from. He doesn't understand that part of the game. Right now, his game is all physical. Give give him Tim Duncan's knowledge. A whole different player, isn't he? Okay. <laughs> so do you think this is disrespectful? Do you think this is anything to kind of, I guess, get, get outraged about? I wouldn't say outrage, but just it's pretty disrespectful, I'd say. I mean, Giannis doesn't need 38 minutes to be out there to be that productive because he's being productive all those 36 minutes. And, you know, from where he came from, I mean, he he was pretty much a nobody in the beginning, and he worked his way up to become this kind of, you know, pretty much god of basketball and, you know, now champion. So, yeah, I I don't know what Gilbert Arenas is trying to say with uh, all his comments, but, I mean, Giannis just jumped to become one of the best basketball players in this league by being pretty much a nobody in the beginning. Uh, like so, so I'm 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 not I'm gonna disagree with you a little bit, but like I, I'm on your side. But like yeah. I get where Gilbert Arenas is talking about. Now uh, let, let's address the first part, the 38 minutes or above. Now Giannis like gassed out in the playoffs last year, and the reason why is because like he he plays so damn hard on both ends of the court, mm-hmm. and it's it's really. Like it's it's a testament to how great he is and just how, how much like his character, like he is gonna go hard out there on both ends of the floor. For mm-hmm. better or worse, when LeBron is playing out there, he more or less will be chilling for like certain stretches within the within the game. Like he just won't like play defense, it'll just be standing in the corner or something like that. But like if you think about it, he's kind of conserving energy for the big moments. And that's kind of, I think, what Gilbert Arenas is talking about. You just got to be able to pace yourself a little bit instead of going absolute all out like Giannis does. Because, mm-hmm. like, we saw it, like, multiple times. He gasses out. Like, he, mm-hmm. in the bubble, he gassed out. Like, and then, like, last year, he absolutely gassed out towards the end of that Celtics series. Now, granted, if they had Chris Middleton, probably doesn't have to do that. But, like, it, it, it is a real thing. And th- the thing about him, like, and then the second part, like, his game is off physical. I kind of understand, like, I don't know if Gilbert Arenas means this, but a lot of Giannis's games is just like barreling over guys and just, you know, out jumping, like out, like just out bumping guys out the way. 
he's got to play with a little bit of more grace to him because he is he's very he's still a bit reckless at, like right now he needs to control his game a little bit like mm-hmm. you know we do a naruto podcast the way i always talk about russell westbrook is like he he has the he has the nine tails in him but he never learned how to control it mm-hmm. now Giannis is a little farther along but he still hasn't fully been able to c- control the nine tails and become you know like towards the end of the series where like naruto and um the nine tails are basically friends mm-hmm. and they work together like they aren't able to harness that power and control that power he's got to learn that so like ultimately i kind of get what gilbert arenas is coming from but like at the same time he's a bit of a hater <laughs> yeah i mean eventually he'll you know be able to learn how to you know do all those things it's like He's just being out there, I'm going to assume, having the most fun of his life playing the game he loves. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, how old is he? I mean, he's he's still really 26, young. 27. He's young. Yeah, like, he, he has years of being dominant for a very long time. So, I I mean, I'm not going to be too worried about him, to be honest. Yeah, I, I get I get where Gilbert Arenas is coming from. And like, yeah, he, he's hating a little bit, but he's not wrong, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. As much as I don't like listening to him sometimes, but like he, he I always say, like, he's got a point. I just don't want to hear from him. <laughs> One of my <laughs> things is like you were a good, you were a good player for a stretch, but uh, I don't yeah, I don't want to hear about greatness from Gilbert Arenas. <laughs> no offense. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I haven't heard too many Sacramento Kings news other than, you know, the Arc Arena actually, you know, collapsing or why they being demolished. Know, yeah. They're, it's like getting more demolished uh, by the second, really. Yeah. Um, I mean, the Kings have been silent. Like, I, you know, um, what's it called? I was on Instagram and like they basically posted uh, pictures of like, essentially everyone uh at, at training camp right well not training camp in sacramento right now working out together like malik monk De'Aaron fox shima moneki um rashawn holmes was there td was there uh kevin herter like again just ingraining himself in the sacramento seems like they're they're all there and like sabonis is uh overseas davion of course is here because when isn't he um and then, like, one noticeable guy that's just missing, he might he might be here for all we know, but, like, Harrison Barnes missing from those pictures does, it, the, the silence is deafening with him. Yeah, it is. But I guess, I mean, he's kind of that guy, too, where he is not really too, out, uh, how I say it, not too outgoing, I guess. I mean, he's pretty, I would say, secluded himself. Yeah, but like, you know, listen to James Ham talk about it. Like he he's always been a lot more involved than he has been this year. And it, it does speak volumes a little bit. He just maybe he is a bit checked out, but I think once like training camp starts, he'll be bought in if he's still here. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's definitely for sure. But I, I really mean, do want to see an extension with him. Like I I love HB. Like the I just want him to stay. Like he he is what this team needs, really. Yeah, I wish uh, for an extension from him, but I mean, it's really up to him if he wants to stay or not. Let's transition a little bit uh, to talk about some wrestling. Um, so Triple H has taken over um, for, 
so have we actually talked about that i think i think we did but yeah i hope so <laughs> well yes the last yes uh, triple h has taken over and wwe has become a pr very good product for the most part it's been a lot more enjoyable to watch like the few episodes that i've been able to catch um so they are having a event over in the uk i forgot which province it's in england somewhere or it's in the uk somewhere specifically um i don't know where it is but basically it's a it's overseas it's called clash of the castle and uh have you been watching the product really quickly sadly i have not <laughs> so god I, fucking damn it okay well i had then, one job you had one job but anyways i'm just gonna read you a bunch of matches um i'm not really gonna ask you too much in detail i'm just gonna read you the names and you tell me who's gonna win all right all right so Edge and Rey Mysterio versus The Judgment Day. Now, if you don't know The Judgment Day, that's uh, Finn Balor and Damian Priest. Okay. I'm going to assume Edge. <laughs> and uh, who, was a, who was his tag team again? Sorry. Uh, uh, Edge and Rey Mysterio versus The Judgment Day. Yeah, I'm going to assume Edge and Rey Mysterio. Unless, you know, story pertains to something. Now, now there is crazy. a bit of a story. Now this is this is very funny. Uh, do you know who Rhea Ripley is? At least yes, I do. do. Do you like? What are your thoughts about her? Like overall, like she she looks she looks pretty emo, uh, like goth. I guess emo is a bit of a taboo word now. She looks like a goth, right? Yeah, yeah, I could say so. So like, there's been a lot of weird uh, <laughs> people online. So like the the gimmick that the the Judgment Day is that they're a goth they're kind of a goth group basically like dark colors like you know dark angel they like their titan as dark angel wings you, you kind of get the point uh -huh. um so basically she comes out dressed in those colors and she legitimately looks like a dominatrix okay <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway she looks like a dominatrix there's been a weird storyline kind of going on so she's a woman and you yeah. can't hit women, right? As a man, you can't hit women anymore in the WWE, which uh -huh. I think I, I think is a good thing. I, I don't like watching that shit. Uh huh. So basically, the storyline is she had she's been beating up Dominic again, adding to the weird dominatrix thing. She's been she's been beating up Dominic, and because she's a woman, Dominic can't really fight back, and like there's this weird tension between them right now. And there's a lot of speculation that Dominic is going to turn on Edge and Rey Mysterio and join the Judgment Day. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, so Dominic is still in. He's still with Rey. He's still with his father. Okay. Actually, kind of expected a heel turn from him anytime soon, but I guess this. <laughs> I guess this is a chance, right? So, would you like to change your uh, change your uh, pick now. Mm, no, I'm gonna still stick with Edge and Rey Mysterio and have uh, Dominic make a heel turn afterwards. <laughs> I'm gonna pick the Judgment Date on this one just because I, that storyline kind of makes sense. And again, it, it's, it's 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 really funny <laughs> the, the weird tension between uh, Dominic and uh, Rhea Ripley. Okay. Anyways, ne the next match. W, for the WWE Intercontinental Championship, Gunther, which, uh, do you know who Walter is? Oh, yeah, yeah, but I know him. Basically, it's Walter versus Sheamus. 
I, I want Walter to win. <laughs> I Not want that. him to win. I think he's going to win. This is going to yeah. be an amazing match. They are going to slap the shit out of each other. Uh, yeah, so wait. Ireland versus... Uh, Austria. I, yeah, I, for some reason, I was going to say... Um, what you call it? He's British, but he was from the... Was it British NXT? <laughs> you, NXT UK, yes. Yeah, UK. Sorry. For some reason, I thought he was uh, British, but no, he's Austrian. <laughs> but yeah, well, I, I choose. No, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I, I was gonna choose Walter. Or which one is it? He's technically called Gunther. It doesn't matter. It's, yeah. I just call him Walter. They are gonna beat the shit out of each other, and I'm gonna love every single minute of it. My my favorite match last year was. Uh, God damn it, I'm doing it now. Walter versus uh, Ilya Dragunov. He's from the NXT UK. They beat the ever-loving shit out of each other. It, it was the first match in NXT UK. And it was legitimately, it is the most brutal match I've ever seen with that did not involve blood. There was a little bit of blood, but like it was so brutal. And that's what I'm that's what I'm assume is gonna come from this match. Hmm. Okay. Let's see. Well, no, I'm pretty sure there's no going to be no blading, though, right? No blade. Oh, no, no, that, that's going to be legit blood. And Sheamus is going to turn red by the end of the match. <laughs> As usual. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could see it being a pretty physical match. Okay, next match. Uh, Matt Riddle versus Seth Rollins. I'm not going to say Seth freaking Rollins. That's stupid. Okay. It's just Seth Rollins. Uh, I, I want Matt Riddle. I have I should have watched that promo that uh he did with Seth Rollins the other day. Mm, you heard about that. Yeah, basically they pulled uh Daniel Cormier and uh John Jones, basically. Like they 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 thought they stopped recording, but they didn't. And they said some regrettable shit. Not regrettable <laughs> shit. It, it's it's it was meant to be. Um what what but like yeah, that was a that was a money line. Yeah, yeah, I'll probably watch it after this then. Yeah, you don't talk about someone's kids like that and how they got divorced so um yeah uh so that, that was that was an incredible pro i'm gonna pick seth rollins for this one for some reason i'm feeling seth rollins okay are you keeping track with all these uh probably should huh <laughs> all right i'll write it down right now um so you you know what i'll, I'll ask you you write it you write it down um for me uh, i'll ask you the next question all right Okay, so uh, the next match, six-woman tag team match, Bianca Belair, Alexa Bliss, and Asuka versus Bailey, Dakota Sky, and Io Sky. Io Shirai, if you don't know who that is. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh, I don't know the storyline behind that, but... There really I, isn't one, so don't yeah. worry about it. Well, when I hear Asuka, I'll, I'll support her, <laughs> so... <laughs> I'll choose Asuka's side. This is a, what... A tag team or uh six woman tag. There's no there's nothing on the line. Okay, I'll I'll say Asuka's side. <laughs> okay. Um yeah, I'm gonna pick Bailey's side. She just came back. I just I don't see them losing anytime soon. Oh, is there like pertaining leaders on each side? What do you mean pertaining? Why is Bailey the leader of one side and whoever is the leader in the other side? Uh yeah. I guess Bianca Belair would be the leader on the other side. 
I I think that they're gonna try and do something with uh with Bailey so, again since she just came back. Hmm. I see. Ooh, yeah. They they do need a push, I guess, for yeah. something. I don't know. <laughs> we'll we'll see we'll see about this. This was the one where I, I'm really split, uh, to say the least, on this one. Oh, okay. Okay, next match. Uh, yeah, I'm writing them down. That's why there's this delay. You can probably oh, hear me typing too. I uh, see. Liv Morgan versus Shayna Baszler. Liv Morgan's a champion, by the way. So. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to assume she retains, so I'm going to go with Liv. This one's actually kind of tricky. They're, they're doing a, a, a storyline with Shayna Baszler and uh, what's her face? Uh, Ronda Rousey. So, like, that could, that could kind of, like, that could kind of bleed into it. Yeah, I could. I'm, I'm gonna go Basler. I think. I could see that happening. So, uh, what's Liv gonna do afterwards? Then, it, it, you think it's uh, her time to you know let it go? Or I honestly go? don't think so. I just it, it'd just be more interesting if Shayna won. I'll just yeah, say. like I, I'm trying to go based off of you know how long Liv has had the title and it yeah it didn't it didn't feel too long enough it, they, she just wanted at SummerSlam yeah but so. I will remind you last year Nikki ASH cashed in her money in the bank oh no no she wanted at money in the bank my bad cashed in her money at the bank held it for a pay-per-view and then lost and then lost at the next pay-per-view oh yeah okay <laughs> so, like it doesn't really matter like is what i'm talking about yeah uh, i'm still gonna say with morgan retains and hopefully they could just build off a her reigns for a little while longer until i guess the whatchamacallit shana and the uh, who's the I don't know why I'm like, Liv Morgan. Sorry, no, Shayna and uh, Shayna uh, Baszler. Yeah, no, um, who's, Ronda Rousey. Yeah, Ronda Rousey. How would I get her and just build off a story off there first? I guess. Okay, fair enough. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna put uh, Liv Morgan for you, and I'm gonna pick Shayna Baszler, even though I honestly think Liv should win, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. Okay, last match on the card. Only six matches, which is uh, which is surprising. Uh, oh, really? Undisputed WWE Universal Championship match: Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is the, the obvious one, of course, but I'm gonna go with Drew McIntyre. <laughs> oh, you're gonna go with Drew McIntyre? Okay, interesting. I I, I know it's gonna be the obvious choice. To choose uh, Roman, but it's it's been <laughs> it's been too long, and I highly doubt uh, Drew McIntyre is gonna you know win it from him due to story purposes. But yeah, one can hope. One can hope. I I disagree with the too long thing. If a champion is good, I have no I have no problem with him keeping a champion. As I said. Roman is so far above anyone else right now that it's, I mean, granted, they haven't done a good job building stars, but he's, he's so good. Mm -hmm. But I think I'm going to stay. I think I'm going to go with you. I think I'm going to, I'm going to pick Drew McIntyre too, because there have been reports 
They're talking about Roman Reigns dropping the championship soon. Oh, as early as this, as this, uh, as this pay per view. Dang, I want I wanted him to drop it during WrestleMania or something like that. I, do, I like you said. I just said like if someone is too long, it doesn't matter. But I don't want him to hold it to WrestleMania, like because mm. The Rock is not going to beat him. No, that'd be. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So, like, what's the point of holding it till then? It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's understandable. So, oh. No, go ahead. Sorry. So, Drew would be the next undisputed champion uh, holding two belts still, right? So, that's the weird thing. I don't know if he's going to win two. I think think if he wins this match, he'll win both. I don't know. I mean, they uh, might they might pull some weird shit where like he only wins one of them. Yeah, it's it's not gonna have like the UFC terms where if you're in this specific class weight, you uh, what you might call it, get that belt, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you, I guess you just win both. I don't know. <laughs> okay, well that's uh that's all we have for the wrestling portion of yeah. So I just I just wrote down everything. So that's cool. Um. So yeah, we got some pretty we got pretty diverse choices. So yeah, by the end of the by the end of the um probably by the next episode, honestly, we're we're gonna have some results and maybe we'll do something with whoever wins this one. But okay, all right. So final topic, the hottest thing in like all of the world right now, all of the internet, House of the Dragons is out. Now I. I think well, I'm not famously talked about it, but I did talk about how I did watch the original trilogy or trilogy or the original series. You did not watch the original series. So let's talk about House of the Dragon from two different perspectives. Um, okay. Yeah. So far, I, I really like the series. It's basically Game of Thrones, but just with different characters. Uh, and there's always intrigue within each episode. And yeah, honestly, each episode is basically an event. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's. I feel like for me, because I, I only watched, you know, the first episode of Game of Thrones, I feel like um, House of Dragon is a lot more, not mellow, like easier to follow because there's not much back and forth between a, so many different houses and different types of characters. It's like one big house, not house, how do I say it? I guess kingdom, but each subdivision is pretty easy to follow. Mm. That's a that's a good that's a good point. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Now that you mentioned, yeah, there were a lot of houses you had to kind of memorize by the start of uh, by the start of like the first episode or by the end of the first episode. You have been introduced to like four, two or three different families that you have to keep track of. But here, there's only one. There's the Targaryens. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's pretty much all you care about, right? <laughs> yeah. So ultimately, like, so far, what are your thoughts on the series? I liked it. Like, uh, I mean, I would have went on after the first episode of Game of Thrones, but, you know, at the time it was like a bunch of college and high school and stuff that went along. But now, I mean, compared... That's a poor... Those are poor excuses, but... Yeah, very poor excuses, of course. But, uh, you know, compared to the first episode of Game of Thrones to the first episode of House of Dragons, I mean, I feel like... I wouldn't per se connect with the characters more, but it's more, like I said, it's, it's a lot easier to understand, in my opinion, because you, you kind of know where 
everyone's at in terms of what they want. And uh, I guess uh, it kind of gives a little better backstory in terms of uh, what you might call it. I guess the Targaryens <laughs> in some way, because if I remember correctly, there weren't that many Targaryens in Game of Thrones, right? There were two. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, technically three. I won't get into that, but there's there was three. Um, uh huh. Yeah. So yeah, I'll t- I mean, I really like the series so far. Like it, it, it is just Game of Th- it is just Game of Thrones with different characters and like the intrigue, like the politicking, and just the. I've always just loved like how. I guess deep into the culture they kind of get into in a way like it is like it takes place in a different era and you really feel that in a way like you yeah. know and like the the practices they do like the jousting and just like you you feel the culture of the time if that makes any sense and I, I thought I always thought that was really cool yeah and in terms of culture it's uh, some things were pretty outrageous, if you could say the least. Uh, like um, how yeah, don't uh, get caught, don't get caught raping or stealing. Um, yeah, you straight up get shit chopped off and marrying underage kids. So <laughs> that that was it. I was that when they showed like they said they said she was young. They said yeah. she was twelve. Yeah, she is nine. She looks like she's nine yeah when they showed her like i'm just like oh my god she is she's nine jesus christ yeah like and when i mean even the king knew he was like not having it and the way she like spoke to the king about you know i'll wait till 14 i'm like Mm, no i mean talk about it i mean the king's hand i mean like was it allison we'll just call her alice like like Alice's dad sending her to the king, like that was also icky. And then there there's some weird implications of incest there too. Like she was holding her hand in a certain way. It's like yeah yeah we're back. Yeah, it's like <laughs> pretty much like how it kind of left off really. But uh, yeah, and even at the very end where you know the king decides to you know marry, uh, I guess you call, I guess Alice like you said. Mm-hmm or decides to marry Alice, I'm like, that's that's not even a... That's, that's still gross. That's yeah, still that's really why... That's it's nasty. Like, it's like, gosh, come on. I mean, it's... I mean, and I guess, yeah, culture aside and all of that, you know, wumbo-jumbo, he has to... He has to foresee his own kingdom in that sort of way, I guess. I mean, yeah, like you, you do feel the burden of the king, like when he, you know, had to, you know, call basically do a C-section, like make, was it make the command to do a C-section on his wife? Like that was, that was, that was like, no, to me, like I cringed at that scene. Oh, I was just yeah. like, man, you just sacrificed your wife. And then the fucking kid dies. I, I know. That was brutal. But like so far, like, yeah, very, very good. Like I'm, I'm really enjoying the ride. And yeah, definitely, definitely going to keep track of, keep watching this series. Like, mm-hmm. it's one of those series that I can actually follow. Like, that's how good it is. Yeah. Uh, have they ever mentioned any of these characters in, like, the actual Game of Thrones uh, show? So they do mention the name Baratheon. Uh, that is uh, Joffrey's. Um, that, well, that's the king's last name uh, in the beginning of the series and what Joffrey's last name is. Oh, that's interesting. So, like, like... 
it helps a little bit to kind of like, you know, understand to actually have watched the series, but it's not important at all so far. No, it doesn't seem that way. Like, I'm pretty sure there may be some things that may come up that you should know from Game of Thrones, but so far, I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory and in a lot of ways, even for someone who kind of knew the gist of Game of Thrones, I guess. Yeah, well, so um, I mean, like so far, so good. I'm gonna keep watching it, and yeah, um, give it a give it about six seasons. Like, hopefully they hopefully they learned the, their mistakes from the last one. It is a different director, so you know, take that for what it is. Like, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, kind of also looking forward to uh, what is it, the Rings of Power? If you know that one. Uh, I do not know that one. It's the, it's the Lord of the Rings, uh, I guess, spinoff or show that they have on Prime. Mm, on Prime. I just canceled my Prime subscription, so that's great timing. <laughs> okay, that's I see. Great timing. Um, yeah, so there, there's a lot of shows out there. Um, I mean, it's an endless option. So, like, I actually couldn't watch everything like <laughs> recently. Just There's too much shit going on. Oh, yeah. And there's, like, you know, She-Hulk and all the disney plus stuff too Meg the stallion she's in it yeah i i just finished the episode and i mean she has very short sense um actually do you see she's I, basically I, herself right basically yeah I, I should i'm gonna show you a clip later I, I wonder if you already saw it or not i don't think so i haven't seen anything yet okay okay well, so that's one thing to be looking forward to Okay. Uh, anything else you want to talk about before we close this episode? Um, do you care about Josh Jackson getting assigned by the Toronto Raptors? No. Okay. I mean, that's a short-lived, uh, you know, segment there. Well, then- yeah, you know, again, like he's not, he's just not good. <laughs> like this many years, he still makes some really dumb mistakes. That honestly, a, a guy who's been in the league for what's going into a sixth year. I mean, you know, kudos him for keep, keep getting contracts. Like they just keep believing in him. He's, he's a wing who like everyone just says like, well, if we're the team that we're the team that can unlock something in them. And he's always shown flashes, but like, it's, he's so inconsistent. And that is just, I don't know. Like, I don't know if he's ever going to figure out, maybe he does figure out in Toronto. It's a great culture. there. Maybe, but it's going to take a lot more developing. And I mean, that developing stage has long passed. Yeah, like, you know, I heard an old joke, like, I think Dave Dufour is, I think, the one that came up with it. He's basically two years away from being two years away from being ready. (laughs) What kind of, (laughs) wait, what? Basically, it's like he's not ready. He's he's about to get ready. Yeah. But like, it's just a, it's just a, like a loop. He's two years away from being two years away from being ready. It, yeah, it's, it, it's a bit of a loop, and that's kind of where he's been. Um, so, but like uh, another guy, like that, just you know, Toronto didn't resign. Utah Watanabe, like got resign, got signed by the Nets, and I just wonder, like, did the Kings go after him? Because like if they didn't, <sighs> that's a big mistake in my opinion. Not to say that Utah's any like honestly that good or anything. He's averaged like four points. It's not that's nothing. But like he's he's a good wing size. He plays hard and has a little bit of potential. And he's young. Like not, why not like take a flyer on him as opposed to like saying someone like Delo Delo Dova. Like you need you need more wings. Like 
why not like sign him instead? Yeah, it's kind of interesting because he signed for what bare minimum. minimum. Yeah. Minimum, yeah. So I mean, I would have, you know, thrown in a contract there too. So what's the minimum? 500k or a mil? Oh no, it's like he's like just under two mil. Like the minimum is usually like over a mil. Like you're talking like two ways and stuff like that. That's where it's like under a mil. I see. Okay. So yeah, I would. I mean, for if I were the Kings, I would have done it, but Maybe there's a uh, you know something brewing up soon <laughs> because it's well maybe quiet. they ju- maybe he didn't want to come like it, it is that is a real possibility oh, and, yeah. like he maybe he just wanted to be on a contender or maybe he wanted to be in the East Coast who knows but like I don't know I, I wish the Kings do, I hope the Kings did reach out to him because like he seems to be kind of a guy you can you know again there's this potential there like have him back up Harrison and like you can probably put Bays in that position too like don't. But at the same time, like you need more wings. You have a lot of point guards. You have a lot of centers. Like you can sacrifice one of those spots. Yeah, that's true. But as of right now, uh, we'll see because uh, I'm still hoping for one big thing to happen in terms of the Kings uh, trades. But I mean, like we said in the last episode, we seem pretty set for the most part. Yeah, so... Yeah, I don't. I don't anticipate any more moves until at least when season starts. Mm-hmm. What you yep. call, would you consider our bench pretty, uh, pretty deep? I mean, there are two like, other benches. I mean, I mean, you have like TD, TD, Davion, and Malik coming off, and then like Bays, who Bays might be a little, Bays might be washed, but like that's something. And then I think they need one more guy. Like one one of Chima Moneki or uh, Casey Paula has to hit. Hmm. We'll see because I don't know. We need. I, I want to see them in the natural NBA setting first. Oh yeah, I forgot to mention Metsu was in there. Let's hope he's improved. <laughs> oh. I, I heard he had a game in the in the FIBA tournament. He's. I think in the first half he was five for five from the three point line. Mm-hmm. You want to guess what he ended ended at? Eight points. Well, he has f- five for five from three, so that's more. Oh, that's fifteen points at least. Oh, five from five from three. I thought you said free throws. Uh, what you might call it? Is it just fifteen? <laughs> uh, I don't know how many points he had. He ended in like five for thirteen from the from three. He started five from five from three, and then yes. ended five for thirteen. Yeah. Did he score any other points? I think he scored. I, I didn't. I'll be honest. Didn't bother checking. But it, I mean, like he's he's the best scorer on Nigeria. That's his role. But I hope he kind of hope he knows his role on the Kings when he comes back. I, mm-hmm. I like I like Metsu. I don't want to keep shitting on him, but you know he, he's got he, he's got to play a role, and that's kind of where he is. Yeah. Well, we'll see. All right. Well, that's all I have on my docket. Uh, anything else you want to quickly go over? Uh, not that I know of, really. Well, then let's call it an episode then. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening to this episode. Uh, we'll catch you guys on the next one. Maybe there'll be more. There'll be more big news coming along. Oh, yeah. I'm hoping so. The floodgates have finally opened. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, we'll see you guys later. <laughs>